The following podcast is an audio version of a live show that takes place daily on Crowdcast. To join our live audience, visit our Crowdcast website at crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. That's crowdcast.io slash in lieu of fun. We're making progress technically. Hey, and we're live! Oh my god, look at that hair <laughs> and the hey, friends. Oh my Hello, god, hold Maggie on. We Feldman just, Pills. We just, hey, shh, shh, shh. We're live. It is Tuesday, September 21st, 2021, 5.02 p.m. And Maggie Feldman Pilch is here to tell us lies. Um or the and truth. her fan tabulous hair, but first. A two-part, a monologue in two parts, none of it being in French, because that would be cruel. What do you mean? You Wait. Can do, you can do the monologue in French. No, um, <laughs> none of it being in French. <laughs> uh, Alex and Ev, uh, live from Canada on the presidential <laughs> election. There's no, not presidential. <laughs> On the election, <laughs> in, in yeah, we have place. we have two provinces represented here, uh, and three if you count British Columbia, because because Ev was in British Columbia until she wasn't. Uh, you guys had a national election. Most people in the United States did not notice. I watched the election returns live, texting with you both as I did so. Uh, and as best as I can tell, absolutely nothing changed. Uh, Alex, uh, the view from Ontario. Um, well, it's my view. It's not necessarily the view. Um, yeah, I mean, I've heard the joke about this being the Seinfeld election, right? You know, the, the election about nothing. And certainly if you look at the numbers, that seems a fair assessment. Uh, every party ended up within like one or two seats of where it began. So, um, you know, maybe we're just, um, you know, a little too comfortable up here. Like everything seemed fine. Um, uh, yeah, I, I think most of us have kind of woken up afterwards and saying, what the hell was that for? What was the point of that? Ev, the view from Quebec? Uh, I certainly don't represent the view from Quebec. Um, <laughs> you represent a view from Quebec. I like how you keep a trying view. to like ascribe them like this. Yeah, and you, you represent like, all of Quebec for purposes of this conversation. Yeah, and they're very and they're like typically Canadian, and they're like very polite refusal to speak for more than themselves. <laughs> <laughs> um, you were saying Ben that um, nobody in the states have realized that we were having an, an election. I would say Except that it's the same in Canada. Actually, <laughs> uh, it was really. Um, it was people weren't following the, the election as um alex was saying nobody really wanted this election um and it turned out bad for trudeau who think who thought that um he could have a majority uh, but because um like having an election wasn't the the thing that we wanted to have in the middle of a pandemic he ended up losing uh he won the election but i don't think that this morning he woke up being very satisfied with the results um and even some people like yesterday people many people were asking like 
oh, is he going to resign? So yeah, that's it. What do you think, Alex? Is is Trudeau I'm satisfied this morning, or is he singing? Um, is that all there is? So so again, I mean, at the risk of just uh, parroting conventional wisdom here, but it's conventional wisdom I happen to agree with. Um, I think it depends on what you choose as your benchmark, right? Compared to what his objectives were and where they thought they what they thought they could do. Um, you know, a couple of months ago, um, the election was called um, sort of beginning of August. And in July, it looked like the liberals actually could win a majority, uh, given where the polls were. Um, so from that perspective, yeah, this is really disappointing. Um, however, uh, the day um, that the election was called was um, the day that Kabul fell. And, you know, there were sort of a whole lot of other events that um, uh, made uh, Trudeau uh, look uh, a little bit flat-footed, uh, and in the middle of the election campaign, it actually looked like uh, there might be a conservative government rather than a liberal government. So from that perspective, it looks like he uh, snatched victory from the jaws of defeat. And uh, one other question before I vanish you both into the Greek chorus. Um, uh, we had... Uh, there is a uh, Canadian Trumpist party that has emerged <laughs> out of the um, uh, out of the primordial ooze. Um, uh, it is, as best as I can tell, anti-vax, pro-gun rights, and uh, basically Alberta separatist. Um, uh, all of yeah, all of it, except the last part, being true. Uh, <laughs> uh, what do we make of uh, the uh, People's Party of Canada and its performance yesterday? Actually, in Quebec, we make fun of it. It's That's led by a make. Quebecer, though, right? It is, it is a, and a former minister. So I blame you. Whose nickname, I might add, was Mad Max. Um, yeah. <laughs> Uh, although I did see someone clever on uh, on Twitter earlier today making fun of his uh, of how well he did in his uh, in his electoral district, calling him Maxime Dernier, which is um, <laughs> the pun works if you understand French. But anyway, I understand um, it. Okay. I don't. Oh, sorry. Bernier is his last name. Dernier means last. Um, I see. So. Uh, I mean, you know, it's it's hard to make an exact one-to-one -one comparison, right? To, like, to, to say that he's Trumpist is somewhat descriptive, but it's also um, deceptive because, you know, Trump is a, a very singular phenomenon and a very American one. Um, Maxime Bernier, I mean, you know, he's, he's certainly tapping into a libertarian streak. Uh, and despite that he's from uh, Quebec... Well, the region from—I mean, I don't know. You you live in, you live closer to that region than I do, obviously. Uh, but my understanding is that that region actually does have uh, something of a, a, a libertarian uh, streak, um, and he's certainly there... uh, you know tapped into a libertarian streak, and you know out west in Alberta and and and, uh, and Saskatchewan, um, and and a lot of people who thought that the conservatives had kind of gone squishy soft. Um, you know, kind of migrated to uh, to the People's Party. So you ended up with uh, the Liberals maybe winning some seats that they wouldn't have otherwise, or out West, the NDP winning some seats that they wouldn't have uh, won otherwise, the NDP being our left-wing party. Ev? Well, uh, I don't feel like 
uh, this party made a huge difference. Uh, even is, is in his own running, he ended up really last. And even if it's a, it's a uh, it's a place where you're right, uh, those are pretty much anti-vax and huge protests about vaccination and liberties. And he ended up, ended up losing big time anyway. Um, and he has no seats. So I don't think that it had made a significant difference. Um, it's something to be cautious about, sure. Uh, we don't want to end up having similar problems that you might have, uh, but I don't think that we should take him too seriously. All right, so at the end of the day, Canada holds elections, almost nothing changes. Um, uh, Alex, Eve, thank you for this impromptu appearance. Um, uh, and by the way, that 10 minutes of discussion of the Canadian election is like more than the entire American press has done. Um, which brings us to Maggie They're our Feldman greatest Pilch. trading partner. They are. Well, it's and important to be good at something. And they're, you know, it's just, you know, it's the country we're all going to flee to when things get too bad here. Um, Maggie, I have already found the lie. Which the is? The picture of you that we used for this, use. uh, that Kate wow. used, doesn't have purple hair. Um, and that picture gets found and pulled for really specific things. This is the first time that someone who actually knows me has used it. Most. I mean, it was just the first picture. I was just lazy. Like, it well, was just, because like, the, the first people one. who put it up, like, they have actual web expertise and know how to like make things. And they airbrush. SEO'd. They SEO'd it. Yeah. They SEO'd it, and it, I think it's like talk about false advertising, right? Yeah. yeah, it made you but look, you know, normal. It made you look like not Maggie. Right. Um, all right. So, Maggie, do you know the rules of this game? I don't. I don't. Okay. So here's the here are the rules. Okay. You tell a story. It can be any length, but we have to take up the whole hour or forty nine. Don't do what Virginia did it. to us yesterday. Virginia did a one sentence story. <laughs> We've I wanted to murder her. <laughs> more like a 20 minute story, but it's, you know, okay. it's up to you. And like okay. the audience like 35 minutes. has to figure out if the story is true. And we have to figure out. So right now people are already voting. Uh, a majority believes you're going to lie. The Which audience, wild, the but... audience can change its vote at any time. Um, we will, you will tell your story. We will ask you each three questions. We will bring on members of the audience who can each ask you three questions. We will then render a verdict. The audience will vote. Kate will announce her judgment. I will announce my judgment. The audience members will say whether they think you are lying. And then you will do the big reveal about whether the story is true. Okay. That's the game. It, are there any other rules or practices that I should be aware of in this context? Well, there is a rule, but it applies to the audience, not to you. Uh, okay. And the rule is that the audience is not allowed to Google anything that you say to check. They okay. have to use only their internal bullshit detectors. Um, and um, And 
Yeah, that's the that's the game. All right. And I'm just supposed to talk. You're supposed to tell a story. Hey, you, you like volunteered. wanted to do this. <laughs> I, just was like, I, I thought that this was like more back and forth, but you know what? Let's well, go. we'll we'll interrupt you and do okay, some that's back what and I, forth. So that's what I was really asking Ben. Is like, you have a is story to tell, normal? right? Like, yeah. Okay. I mean, okay. I'm, now I'm just I'll switching. I'm just tell. I'm just switching my vote to to no. Because <laughs> if you haven't prepped for this, unless you're a Honey, great I've never con artist, for anything in my life, there we go. Okay, <laughs> in my whole life. Um, so I I do know what story I'm going to tell. I'm being a little facetious, right? Um, I did think about this because uh, there is a certain leader, former leader of an Eastern European country. Oh my God! Um, is it Bakov Havel? No, <laughs> was also or at least been a guest on the show, and so originally, we so we practiced our stories together. Um, so it, I just have to pull it out of that compartment in my brain. Um, but I will say that yeah, I've never prepped for anything in my life. Um, and Is that true? Has, yes, um, and that has not stopped me. Uh, <laughs> for better or for worse. So um, the one hint that I will give is that, uh, I don't know, has Quinta ever been on In Lieu of Fun? Mm -hmm. Okay, so Quinta likes to pretend or joke that um, my nickname is Forrest Gump because oftentimes I just end up being places that nobody intended on me being. And um, we're not really sure what to do about it. Um, and maybe if I prepped better in my life, that wouldn't happen. So the story I'm going to tell um, is about uh, what happens when you are accidentally held semi-captive by a foreign power that you didn't realize was holding you captive. Are we ready? We are. Okay. That, and that so, was a good setup. Right? Because it's like got Thank dramatic you. tension I, and there's like... And don't ruin it. Don't, don't, it. don't ruin it. No. And the other hint I will give you is that some of this is true, but that doesn't make all of it inherently true. Okay? Because this is how I'm playing this game. Okay. Yeah. So, so, But you have to identify the parts that are definitely true. Okay. So okay. the parts that are definitely true are the parts that if the audience was lying, they could Google. Right. You know, if, if they cheated, if they cheated. Yeah. Okay. If they so cheated. when you get to parts that you you dispense that rule and you're al allowing them to Google, just say so. Yes. Like if okay. I was like, I met Michael Jordan and like Michael Jordan. Right. And Michael Jordan like exists. Right. Like that's like a good like, you know, right. Right. but like, so, but like no one could tell. I never have met Michael Jordan. But right, that, there's no right. So, is Kate lying? Right. So like what the, the story that I'm going to tell um, is about work I did on U.S.-Cuba relations. And that premise is true. You could Google that. And so you that you did work on U.S.-Cuba relations. Cuba relations. Yes. Okay. And that I did go to Havana, Cuba. And all of those things are true. But the story of how I ended up doing that and what happened or what didn't happen while we may were there, or may not be true. May or may not be true. All right, we got it. Go are we it. ready? All right, because like we gotta do it Maggie style, right? Like it's always a yeah. little bit special. All right. So 
um, a few years ago, I can't remember exactly what year, uh, but it wasn't that long ago because I'm just not that old. Um, I was sitting at work and everybody else in the office was gone um, because it's Washington, D.C. and they were at a fundraiser that is, of course, a golf game, right? It's a golf fundraiser, right? So they're gone all day. And plus, I'm also the only woman who works there. And anyone who's seen my nails knows that I would never go golfing. So everybody else is out golfing and I'm sitting in the office and the phone rings. And this lovely gentleman, who's also uh, the landlord for the organization, calls and says, hello, um, my name is Scott, and I'm on an airplane coming back from Cuba, and I need to use the conference room. And also, can you please make a press conference? And I said, who are you? And why do you know that we have a conference room, right? Because it's a man calling on the phone, and like they could be a crazy person from the internet. You have no idea. So fast forward a couple of hours. Like us. Turns out. Right. It could be, right? <laughs> well, who knows? Who knows? So you fast forward a couple hours and he was a real person. So this part is also true. Um, and his name is Scott Gilbert. And he was the lawyer for um, Alan Gross, who was this very nice man who had been uh, in jail in Havana, Cuba for like eight years. Is that right? about eight years and he had negotiated his release and the the press conference that he asked me to impromptu set up um was to announce that the us and cuba were going to restart some sort of interaction with each other that didn't involve you know shooting at each other um and i was not prepared or qualified for this moment but alas there we are and this is so kind wait, of wait. How, just to be clear yeah. how old were you were like administrative support at a nonprofit, oh, yeah. right? Yeah, a hundred percent. Like, okay. what was I 23, maybe? Yeah. And, and this was, what was the organization that you were working American for? American Security Project. Yes. Um, and so in that moment, I became an expert on U.S.-Cuba relations. One, because I did know a little bit about it, um, but also because no one in Washington generally cares about Cuba. And so if you make a press conference about something, you're inherently the expert, right? Um, so fast forward and we start planning this trip to Havana to meet with the Ministry of Interior to talk about U.S. security cooperation, because it turns out we actually do some stuff with Cuba on drug interdiction. Um, and the group was me and a bunch of retired three and four star generals. So I was the only woman. And there was also an age difference of like, I don't know, 45 years. Um, and none of this was not shared with the Cuban government, right? Like it was not a surprise. Um, or I did, we didn't not tell them, but generally speaking, when you're emailing with a foreign entity, you don't say, hello, my name is Maggie. I'm 24 now. My hair is purple and I'm the only girl on this trip that we're doing. How do you feel about that? Right? Like, Kate, is that something you've done? Um, yes, I disclose my breasts whenever I do an yeah. event. Like, I'm just like, hi, I'm like, I don't know if you know this, but I have lady parts. Um, <laughs> OMG. Right. No, exactly. I, yes. So, um, you know, I, I didn't try to hide it, but again, like it's just not a thing you start with. Um, and the planning process took a couple months because, you know, at the time, much like now, there wasn't a whole lot of uh, travel between the two. 
uh, countries. And so first, we're on our way there and you have to fly to Miami, right? And then you can fly to Havana. And I mentioned, you know, we were flying with a bunch of retired three and four stars. Um, and there was a little incident on the plane uh, from Miami to Havana. And I don't know how many in the audience are familiar with pilots just as like people. Um, I don't know if that's a, a population that we come into contact with. Um, and familiar with, I'm like familiar, I'm familiar with pilots. Like familiar? I know, like I, like I know that they exist, yes. but mostly right, like they're a disembodied people. voice, but yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I would say that I'm someone who knows a lot about pilots, like more than maybe I want to on some days. Um, but this situation was prior to a lot of that knowledge. This was the beginning of getting that knowledge. So you fly from Miami to Havana and you don't take a commercial airplane for that. So we're on a, a King Air um, and we're actually split into two. The groups are in, in two, one on each, one half on each plane. We were not, each person was not cut in half to be clear. Um, and one of the retired military officers, uh, is a pilot. I wouldn't say was a pilot because as they will tell you, it's something that, you know, never really leaves you. Um, and he approached the cockpit and asked to land the aircraft, which the, is, what? I would say, frowned upon, right? Like, it's a general no. And I would say also when you're like landing in- This Havana, was a charter flight? Yes. So I think like, was one of the like, passengers was just like, hey, can I land the plane in yeah. Cuba? A hundred percent, a hundred percent. And um, they they were going to let him do it. And so he's sitting there. He was going to co-pilot because apparently the regulations around uh, who's pilot versus co-pilot on charter aircraft of a certain size, whatever. So he's living his best life and uh, great. And we get ready. Wait, and they the let him? They did. They did let him. They let him originally. And I have a feeling wait, the oh, Maggie's lying vote is about to skyrocket on the poll. So they, so he's sitting in the co-pilot seat, um, and they begin the approach, and all you hear is them screaming "abort," and I'm like, oh, "No, this no. is not all going to die." What? Fuck. Right? Like, no. Turns out we had to circle because there were goats on the runway which is apparently a very common problem what year was this again you're 28 or you're 20 29. like you're like you're 29 now yeah. this is five years ago six yeah. years so this is like right after donald trump was elected yeah. so someone said like pre 9 11 was wild as if this was like ancient times this yeah, is like, like maggie was like, like five when yeah i know so i was not um working at that time and i know that the idea of me not working sends the internet into a tizzy um but at some point i was a child actually so no it was like not last week I know. <laughs> goats on, I will say this. Goats on the runway sounds plausible to me. Sounds plausible, right? Um, and the number of times that we have to circle while they get the goats off the runway um, makes it so that the retired officer is no longer interested in landing the plane. It's lost. It's lost. It, he, he's lost interest. And he's like, whatever. I'm going to just go sit back in my seat. So he doesn't end up landing the plane. Um, and then we do land and I get off last and they're like, excuse me, who are you? And I'm like, what do you 
mean? Like, who am I? There's one woman that you've been talking to for like a year. All of these are old white men. Did you think one of them was the woman? And let's remember that this is a dictatorial regime that's like not, you know, unable to do research on people, right? So like you would think that they knew what they were getting, right? Is that a fair assumption? Can we so agree? no, no, because my interactions with humans have led me to be disappointed <laughs> consistently over the years. And almost always do I overestimate individuals' abilities and, and so like later, ability to... Like, in six months, six to eight months from now, we have to do this again because I have another story that it'll be even more fun. Wait, you got to finish this story. But anyway, yeah, yeah, before, yeah. we're having <laughs> trouble following. You're like really. This goes out. from a phone call where somebody else is on a plane well, because to I think you being on the plane and goats being on the runway, runway. and so one of the right. passengers landing the, the plane, <laughs> and now somebody's arresting you. Some well, so they they do not formally arrest me. Right. It was a boy, that is a an subject informal of the story, but we're not getting there. It's almost <laughs> not there yet. And they're like, who are you? They think I'm a stowaway. Then they think I'm someone's mistress. And everyone is like, oh, wow. Neither of those things are true. Um, yeah. I mean, who would have, no offense, you like are the, would be the worst mistress it. ever. Like you are very not subtle. Like no. there would be like, who's like, that girl with purple hair right. walking in and out of the back door of so-and-so's right. like, house? Like, if I know, you're looking yeah. for low maintenance, this ain't it team. No. Okay. So, Fair. right. Well, eventually we, I'm like, no, I have a passport. And also we've been emailing for the last year, year and a half. It'll be fine. Um, so all is well. We go to our hotel. We do the first couple of things. Then, you know, we, um, we visit. And was uh, this in Havana or? Yeah, so we landed in Havana. Yeah. Okay, with goats yeah. on the runway. Yeah, goats on the runway in Havana. Um, you know, and, and one day we went to a port and our uh, trip was slightly delayed because a cow wandered into the highway and was hit by a car, much like a deer is hit by a car in the Northeast. But because it's Cuba, it's property of the government. And so they have to come out and send like an inspector to verify the death of the cow and how did it happen and who is responsible for the death of the cow is that the farmer because the fence wasn't high enough you know whatever the hell else it is that's so, not just yeah. cuba honey that's like anytime you hit a cow actually Move. Move. <laughs> but anyways depends yeah. on the state you're in i guess depends but, on yeah. the state okay fair but it was a whole thing i mean we were held there for like a long time right like six seven hours and we didn't even see anything but we you know wrong place right wrong time or maybe right place, right time, really up to you there. So then we come back and uh, the next day we have a, a meeting with the Ministry of Interior. And it's totally like you see in those movies, right? It's everybody at the end of one, you know, they're on one side of the table and we're on the other side. And they brought their dogs to the meeting. And what's really interesting is that all of these, you know, well-to-do Cubans, guess what kind of dogs they have? German Shepherds. Close. Huskies. What the fuck? In Cuba? It's I mean, when you start, it makes a lot of yes. sense. But also not good for the dogs, right? Why does like, it make a lot of sense? I like the animal-to-human ratio component of the story. I mean, I love a good animal story. So the Soviet Union had, a, I would say, a medium to significant presence on the island for many years. And so like a lot of the senior leaders in their in their the military are named like Igor, 
Chavez and they have a Husky and you're like, huh, hmm. interesting. All right. So, uh, and they drive a 1953, like, and they have air conditioning and they teach you to make mojitos and it's great and everything's going really well. Right. So they do teach us how to make mojitos and it turns out I'm really, really good at it. And in fact, I uh, am recognized in Washington, D.C. by the Cuban embassy as the best mojito maker in the city. I won a contest. Um, that's a different story, but it's sort of related to this one, uh, just to make this even more complicated for Ben. So uh, we do that, and then we have a couple more meetings the next two days, and then it's our last day. And they're like, listen, we have this new museum. It's not finished yet. And... Uh, we really want you guys to see it because we really feel like we've connected with you on this deep level. And we know that you're going to go back to Washington and like really talk about how important U.S.-Cuba uh, drug interdiction cooperation is. And like you can, this is going to be really great. And so we want to show you this thing that is really, is going to be a really important part of our national story. Um, and mind you, mostly what we've learned about the national story, the earlier part of this week is like, they took us to see, uh, deer leader's foot, which is in a museum. I mean, you have no way of knowing whether or not it's actually his foot, but they say, um, where's the lie? We should get the foot on the show. Wait, who, we get foot. whose foot? So oh, this is a whole other story, Ben. But wait um, a minute. Wait. Yeah. You, you did this, you, you, you asked this question. Minute. And I'm trying. Um, no, so they, they have. We're at 5.30, people. Yeah. We're, <laughs> we're, so, hold this thought because Dear Leader is a different country. And, yeah, I know. I'm making a joke. But oh, uh, all right. part of, of the founding narrative of, you know, the, the founding story of Cuba, the origin story, the way that they keep the population connected to it is that they say that different parts of his body are out different shrines across the island each district has a piece of him um i just want to point out that i don't think he was dead yet no this is not fidel castro guys who, who is, is he talking who about may, who who is the revolutionary che guevara oh you mean che yeah like dear dear leader che guevara mm, yes. so like right okay. no, it's, weird. it's really weird Okay, so we were expecting like we would see a rib, you know, or like some hair, something like that. Um, you are all on an acid trip together and you should see what it's like to live with me. It's awful. Um, so we're like, all right, fine. We will go to this museum, but you have to make sure that we are back at the airport by 2 p.m. because exit visas from Cuba are really hard to get and it's this whole thing and you know you risk having the plane shot down or whatever I don't know it's it's complicated so we go to the museum and you walk in and the floor of the museum is plexiglass and underneath the plexiglass are shell casings that they maintain are from CIA provided weapons and as a devout observant Jew the only way I can describe what I saw was like the Cubans version of the Holocaust Museum about US attempts to eliminate Cuban sovereignty. 
Yeah, get there, Kate. I'm going to give you a minute to, yeah, yeah, okay. Um, so we're like, all right, cool. And let's keep in mind. Can we go to the airport now? Yeah, that, and I was like, so I'm ready to go, right? Because let's keep in mind it's me and it's a group of senior retired military leaders. And I'm like, oh God, they're going to take a picture of them in here. Who are and like going nuts and like want to try to like land yeah, everybody's like, well, plane for them. Here. <laughs> it sounds like a yeah. metaphor. Like, let me land your plane. Sounds like a, like some type of weird come on or something. Yeah, like you're like, huh. But to know him is to know that he literally just was interested in the plane um, because he's a pilot. But so I was in this moment very worried that they were going to take pictures of us. So it's not Simchak Torah. It is Sukkot. We are on day two of Sukkot. But thank you for knowing that it was a day. I appreciate that. Um, and I was really worried they're going to take pictures of us and, you know, use it as fuel for like, see, there is validity in this story. And I was like, what story? Well, let me tell you, friends, this was a museum to memorialize all of the people who had been murdered by the US government in Cuba's fight for independence. And cool, cool, cool. Yeah. yeah, you're totally not going to be like the purple haired American lady from like Southern no, California who showed up to like, I was just here for fun, right? And Ben looks like he has a question or is No, 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 I'm just, I'm still trying to pick up the thread of the story here. Um, be because we're, we, you haven't been held captive yet. Well, I was almost held captive once, um, but- There you go, Ben. So we're going and, you know, the first floor is about like basic history, the founding of Cuba. Um, then you go up the stairs, which is a water feature. And uh, basically imagine a cliff like waterfall, right? And, but instead of rocks making the cliff, it's shell casings from CIA provided bullets, right? And there's water running down them and it's very loud and it's fully immersive. It's a tube basically of a staircase that you're walking up and you're like, this is totally fine. And the second floor is about um you know american children that were kidnapped by the catholic or excuse me cuban children that were kidnapped by the catholic church and rehomed in the united states totally plausible um and then uh the second half of the second floor is about various attempts at assassination by the u.s government against fidel castro right so we've got sharks right we have cats but my personal favorite is that yellow fever is a CIA-made uh, disease and that the CIA mosquitoes to fly from the swamps of Washington, D.C. all the way to Havana, Cuba, and across the island and infect everyone and kill them all. And that really got me, right? So, and again, remembering that the group that is with me. And they were starting to have a bit of a panic attack, which is fair, right? Like. So we're like, hey, can we go to the airport? And they're like, yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to take you out this door. Uh, we're going to go out, you know, down this other staircase, go into um, the back entrance and go out into the parking lot and we'll just go. So that way you don't have to go out onto the main street because people have heard that you're here and there's a crowd outside because they, you know, the press wants to talk to you. And you're like, that seems not good. And 
we're walking, we're walking, we're walking. And the shell casings are on the floor, right? And then they're on the walls. The plexiglass goes up the walls. And then as you're walking, it goes up and it covers the ceiling. And you're basically in what I can describe as a panic room, except instead of like, what material is used in panic rooms to make it so you don't panic? Oh dear. That is absolutely not the point of panic rooms. There's nothing in a panic room to make I you know. not panic. Nick. Okay. It's where you go in. I grew up with a panic room in my house. That's a whole other story. Um, but <laughs> that's why I am the way I am, Kate. But it's like, imagine that, right? And it turns out, friends, there is no back staircase. And there is no way to get downstairs. And there is no parking lot. And instead, they close the door and they say, we're not going to keep you forever, but we're going to keep you for a while. And we're not going to sign your exit visas until you sit in here and really think about what you've done. And then they shut the door and walk away for like three hours, maybe four What do you hours. mean? What have you done? Allegedly. Well, it turns out we're Americans, Kate. And we're in the and everyone else is old. So we sit in there for a really long time. Ooh, it feels like a really long time. And people start getting hungry. And I don't know how much you guys know about like white men over 72 when they get hungry. <laughs> it's really interesting. Um, and so a lot of screaming happens. It gets really chaotic. And finally, they open the door to say, does anyone want, you know, anything to eat? And our pilot friend says, I shouldn't have landed this fucking plane in Cuba. And then someone else says, you didn't land the plane in Cuba. Someone else, you know, the pilot landed, like a fight breaks out, mostly because they're hangry, right? And out of sheer terror over old fighting men, the Cuban government releases us and pretends nothing happens and puts us on the plane. And when we all get home, there's really nice rum and really nice cigars waiting for all of us on our various friend stoops. Ben, why are you muted? Why can't I hear you? Can you hear me? Now I can hear you. Now I can. So Ducks with Pants says, this is not a lie. It's a fever dream. That's <laughs> um, most of my life. Um, so uh, we are going to go to uh, questions. If you want to interrogate Maggie about this fever dream, flag it in the ask a question uh, box and I will bring uh, two or three of you on to ask your questions. Kate, you get the first question. <clears throat> have you stayed in touch with any of these people that you were in this experience with? Yeah. How could you not? I know them uh, quite well. KK, um, what? Uh, and Maggie, I, sorry, I just, uh, uh, addressed we're all the, the same to you? you. No, I'm looking <laughs> at you and I, so I, I want to go back to the, uh, 
physical relics of Che Guevara's body uh, in different parts of Cuba. Uh, something mm-hmm. I have not previously heard of, which not being an oh, really? expert in Cuban politics or history uh, doesn't tell you very much. But my memory was that Che Guevara was killed uh, nowhere near Cuba, but mm-hmm. either in Thank I, I you. don't know Ecuador or Bolivia like in, or something. Yeah, it was like Central America or South it America. It was South America. Mm-hmm. Uh, how did his foot get to uh, uh, get? To, do you know anything about how like his knuckle ended up in one province of Cuba and uh, like how did this happen? So I'm going to give you my answer which is just because the cuban government tells you it's his foot doesn't mean it's his foot that means like because i asked the same thing and i'm so glad you all hung on for this because the things in my life that i was allowed to pull from were severely limited um so i went with this christopher okay do you you have a, a A question? Yes. Um, let's see. Where should I begin? Um, <laughs> <laughs> I swear um, I'm much more linear in person. No, you're not. No. <laughs> Absolutely not. But, I mean, no, I, I, like and I am time. not one. I am not one to say. No, but, it's kids. We all time friends. I'm so sorry. Okay. It was, um, it was a pretty great story. Thank you. Let's say... First question would be, um, what did the Cubans understand was was the purpose of the general's visit, and was everyone sort of on the same page at least that 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 your American delegation was here for a, spe- a specific purpose? Yeah. So it you know we had carefully planned it. Um, and carefully chosen who was going to go on this trip. Um, and it was specifically about understanding how the U.S. and Cuba could work together on national and homeland security issues um, with the explicit purpose of allowing the experts on the trip to come to their own conclusions and, based on those conclusions, share that information with Congress. Okay. And the, the, the person that first called you uh, to uh, uh, alert you to this possible break in uh, relations, did you was this person included in the trip, or did were, were you were you did, did you did you find out who this person was and work with them after the phone call? Yes. So he actually the reason he reached out to the organization and had the phone number at all was because. Um, in addition to being a lawyer, he owned the floor of the building that our office was on. And so he was our landlord and we just happened to have the larger conference room. So his name is Scott Gilbert um, and he is alive and well and wonderful and living in Washington, D.C. Okay, so my final question, oh, Ben, you wanted, you wanted to- No, 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 go ahead. Okay, my final question would be, um, How 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 much into your into the uh, on the ground experience were you before they they told you 
um, that you were going to be detained and, and you wouldn't get, I mean, so you, you wouldn't get your exit visas uh, un until you apologize for American actions in Cuba. Sorry, how far into yeah, I mean, so, so, so how how long were you on the ground sort of in this oh, whole, like, like of the whole trip, trip like yeah, before, before it took this dramatic turn of you sort of being detained? Um, that's a good question. So it was the last day of the trip, right? Because we were going to the airport right before. And the trip was, gosh, March something to March something, maybe like March 11th to March 16th, 2016. So what is time? <laughs> so it was yeah. the, the last day of the trip. Yeah, it was the last day of the trip. I can't remember how many days it was exactly. Right. Daniel, you have three questions. Um, what was the gender composition of the group that you had these experiences with, roughly? So it was all men and me. The only other woman that we interacted with on the trip um, was the interpreter from the Cuban side. And if you had to tell the story backwards in a few bullet points, could you do so? Have you listened to anything about me ever? I can't do anything backwards in a few bullet points. Um, I could try. Go, Go for, for it. it. Oh, God, you want me to try that? Um, I don't know that we have that time. Well, uh, it's just bullet points. It's okay, not. So. Have you guys not been listening? <laughs> Do not think in bullet points. Like this is not like oh my God, it is. It is like well, shit okay. and fireworks. So you want so my like, bottom line up front is in Cuba we don't have fuck around and find out. In Cuba we have uh, find out regardless of whether or not you fuck around. I'm not sure that's quite an answer, but uh, Daniel, your third question. <laughs> I don't have any more questions. I feel completely bamboozled. I have. All right. I didn't know Kate, I had this impact on people. Do you have more questions? Wait, Daniel, you can't go away. We're going to need your verdict. I'm bringing you back. Um, um, I, I like I. I I guess that my my second question is. Um. What happened after you got back? um we landed. at your work at your work oh you mean like not immediately at the airport you know it's funny i actually don't think we've ever talked about it yeah. which is funny because you'd think you'd talk about something like that i mean one time i've so i've talked it let me take that back um somewhat recently i did talk about it with one of the uh, retired three stars who was on the trip with me and his wife um, when we were at Costco during COVID, because we went to Costco together. <laughs> Kate, your last question. What'd you buy at Costco? Um, 
mostly I'm, I mean, imagine how I am at Costco, Kate. I need adults. Yeah, I actually, sounds horrifying. And my job <laughs> is to hold the post-it notes for, um, so one, the senior officer I'm talking about, he uh, is one of our former neighbors. And so we were doing Costco trips with and for him and his wife during COVID. Um, and so my job is to hold the post-it notes. So I can probably recite from memory uh, what they got at Costco. No, that's okay. <laughs> Go ahead, Ben. All right. I have two more questions. Yeah. Um, Maggie, were you scared? No. You know what? Actually, the thing I was most scared of is that that guy, Scott Gilbert, who we can blame all of this on if we want to, had told me explicitly that under no circumstances should I let the Cubans move us off our schedule. Because if they do that, all hell breaks loose. And I was terrified that I was going to be in trouble. Mm, good employee. Um, yeah. One other question. That doesn't sound right. I'm just kidding. Um, <laughs> I, so you and I have known each other a long almost time since the time this happened. Yes. Um, uh, why have you never told me this story? Have I never told you this story? No. Well, I think probably because it may have been overshadowed by like the adventure to Estonia and yeah, all that? the opera singing. And then like that time I got sat on by the president of a uh, defense corporation at the Munich yeah. Security Conference because I thought I was an intern. And just like all the Wait, other four, it's not things. okay to even. It's not okay to sit on interns. Like, no, it's not. Okay make... And then <laughs> let's face it, we didn't even. I thought long and hard about should I do the story of when Mike Flynn pitched building nuclear power plants with the Russians in Egypt. Mm -hmm. I thought about should I tell the story of that meeting, and then I wasn't sure the legal ramifications of of oh, that good. story. Yeah, that's yeah. okay. Um, <laughs> All right. So I think we're 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 ready. So um I hope I, I want to say the audience it. is split. 51% to 49% believes really? you're lying. Um uh it's a very close vote. Usually the audience is not split on this. Really? Uh yeah. Christopher, what do you think? Is this story true? Yeah, I'm going to say it's it's mostly true. There there are elements in there, embellishments, like I think the che, the che Guevara dear leader thing is is not true. Um, mm. um, uh, so there's there's it, it has like the sort of general ring of truth with some uh, false. We get it. Yeah, like like embellishment. Yeah, like embellishment. Okay, Daniel. Yeah. Daniel? Um, I'm kind of split like the poll. I guess I'll say it's true. I have no clue. The only thing I found odd was the phrase, men over the age of 72. I've <laughs> never heard that phrase before with such detail. Um, but... <laughs> yeah, I was like, that's the most yeah. truthful part of the whole thing, maybe. Yeah, I think that, that there's nothing weird about that. <laughs> okay, KK, what, <laughs> what? What, what's your verdict? Uh, I say it's true, mostly because I don't think that I believe Maggie when she says she hasn't prepared for anything. 
And so, (laughs) (laughs) and so you think she wouldn't have, she couldn't just make this shit up on the spot. And I also have a bunch of crazy stories like that, that I've been like kind of toying with. And I'm like, I should tell these stories, but like, I don't know. Go, but go ahead, Ben. What do you think? All right. Like Daniel, I am torn on this one. Oh, I thought I wanna, you said confused about 72-year-old men. And I want to talk through my confusion. Okay. All right. On the one hand, I know Maggie did work for ASP in mm-hmm. which capacity she um, uh, worked with a bunch of three stars and did things like uh, doing... Uh, uh, fact-finding trips and organizing stuff. And so uh, the basic story that she could have been sitting at her desk and some guy says, hey, let's organize a, a trip for the, for the ASP generals to Cuba. That, that's completely plausible, and I have no reason to doubt that. I am hung up in a way that nobody else seems to be on... Uh, a passenger simply declaring that he wants to land the plane in a charter, that does not seem uh, very realistic to me. Mm-hmm. Um, on the other yeah, hand... Yeah, it seems so crazy that you couldn't make it up. Like, it would just be too obvious. Yeah. Um, hold that thought. It's, okay. Um, I'm also thinking if there were a myth of Che Guevara body parts all over Cuba, one in each province in Cuba, I would think that was something that I would have heard at some point because it's super weird. Um, so I'm, I've got these two blocks that I'm like, uh, this sounds more like, you know, Maggie uh, uh, shooting the shit than it does like something that really happened. But then the core of what happens in the story, which is, you know, you go to uh, there are some meetings uh, where, okay, people bring their dogs. Maybe that doesn't bother me terribly. I'm Um, super into it. I brought my dog to a conference last week and no one thought it was weird. So I I don't I don't have a big problem with the, the meetings. And then they take you to a propagandistic museum actually sounds about right um and that the museum is one of of u.s barbarities against the cuban people that sounds right so the only part of that part of the story that and then they hold you there for a few hours to menace you uh and to emphasize that they could um uh but then there's rum uh like that all sounds right so i'm kind of with chris that there is like the basic story makes a lot of sense. I have reservations about the guy landing the plane uh, and the, um, uh, and the, the Shea foot thing. Um, uh, And so I'm, but I'm going to go with, it's probably true because I think it is more likely that something like those things happened, or at least the Cubans said they happened than that Maggie just uh, made that up on the spot. So I'm going to also go with basically true, maybe with slight embellishments. Interesting. Maggie, what's the, it's time for the big reveal. Every single part of it was true. And I actually now have the pictures for you. If you'd Ooh, like. Do you have a picture see. of Shay's foot? I have a yeah. picture of where they say Shay's foot. 
is. Um, and for the record, uh, oh, is no. it skeletal or is it like, was it well, like? You can't see it, yet, oh. but here's the floor I was talking about. Oh, right? yeah. Mm. Shell casings. Um, shell casings, right? And and you're like, oh, and here's the uh, water feature with the crosses and the shell casings that I was talking about, the tubular staircase. Uh, Shay's foot is, uh, wow. let's see, which one is the best picture? Um, I took a couple because it was weird, right, guys? And- Nope, totally normal. Totally Disembodied normal. feet. Yeah, disembodied feet. Here's the house that it's in, actually. Sorry, I have a phone call coming in that we don't need to. Here's the building yeah, it's in. It says Che, yeah. Yeah. Um, but I think for me, the picture that says it all is uh, this one. Those are missiles. Where, from what the are Cuban, the missiles? Cuban missile what crisis missiles? missiles. Oh, where? The camouflage is really working, guys. This. Oh, that's oh, a that long side. thing oh, is yeah. a missile? Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. And. Uh, wow. Yeah. And there's the. Jesus. Yeah, no, all of this is insane. And all of it is true. All right. Maggie, wow. you have Amazing story. half of the audience. <laughs> Well done. You did not fool. Um, I didn't fool those that know me. How's you that? You didn't fool KK or me or uh, Christopher or, or uh, well, Daniel just was bamboozled and went with he wasn't sure. Um, uh, but uh, this is a fabulous story. You're a great American. And, uh, that was really good. And, Thank you. I'm uh, glad that you guys held on. And this has been a wonderful Rel very for me relaxing hour and thank you all for your service and we are going to be back 22 hours and uh 23 hours and one minute from now kate do we know who our guest is tomorrow no i'm working on it i've been having i've sent out tons of emails in the last couple of days but just people are very busy so well we're gonna have uh uh we're gonna have a sequence of uh, party leaders from canadian parties on to uh discuss the details of coalition negotiations Oy. of which there are none um until then kate we don't have fun anymore but we do have our feet <laughs> there we go and uh, and some mo for most of so, us, they're still connected clip, clip to that. our ankles. Yeah, clip clip that and send it to Tom Nichols. I'll, tw I'll tweet.